Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Prairie Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you. I hope it builds your faith and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. All right, well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is good to be together, whether you're here in person, you're watching online. We're gonna dig right in. We're in week number four of a series called Truth and Dare, as you've heard already, and we're studying a biblical truth. We're daring each other to live it out. And um, God, he made us as a whole self, right? He made us as a whole self. What do I mean by that? I mean body, mind, and soul. And the last three weeks of this series, we've really focused on the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit in our lives? How do we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit? And really a lot of like soul work, okay? Like how do you and I, how do we live by the Holy Spirit? And really this whole series, we're basing it off Romans chapter eight, and that whole chapter is really about living by the Holy Spirit in our life. And that's the core of these full six weeks. And so over the last several weeks, we've talked about the soul. Uh, Today, we're gonna really focus on our mind, okay? We're gonna talk about what are the thoughts that we have in our mind and how can we engage with the Holy Spirit in a way that really grows us in our walk with God. If you remember in week one, if you were here and if you didn't see it, you can catch it online. I talked a lot about this idea that when we grow up in this world, as we get uh, older, when we're born into this world, that we are born fully dependent on someone else, like this process of human maturity. And that we go from being fully dependent to becoming fully independent, where we can move out of the house and we can do things on our own. And and we really, um, and our world tells us a lot, like you can do anything you wanna do and, and trust yourself. And what God wants for all of us is he actually wants the opposite of that. When we, when you and I say yes to Christ, when we have a relationship with Christ, it's called spiritual maturity. And that journey looks like the moment we say yes to Christ is the most independent you and I should ever be in our walk with God. And the rest of the walk should really be this walk of dependence on God. And so today as we unpack our mind and our thoughts and we're gonna talk about, uh, I would say, some heavier things today. What I want you to think about is I want you to think about the walk of dependence. And I want you to be thinking about what does it look like in your life? What does it look like to live with Christ every day versus living apart from Christ versus doing things by yourself, on your own, with your own purpose Okay, so I want you to be thinking about as we go through all these examples, what does it look like in your life to be fully dependent, to live with Christ in your life? With with Christ versus being apart from Christ. So um, I've got a, a, part of my background is a master's in counseling. And part of the work that I did is I started to navigate what are the different therapies out there and how do you practice, what kind of therapy do you want to practice um, as I was going through school. And one of the therapies is called cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, not to be confused with CBD, whole different kind of therapy. 
right? <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about CBT, and I'm going to unpack that a little bit, and we're going um, to integrate that in with God's Word, and we're going to talk about the power of our thoughts, okay? So uh, there's a graph that's coming up, and CBT, uh, that kind of therapy, thoughts create feelings, Feelings create behavior and behavior reinforces thoughts. And so as you look at that and you look at the diagram, you can see how there are patterns that happen in our life. And the patterns that begin to happen start with our mind. That our thoughts lead into our feelings and our feelings lead into our behavior and they reinforce then that thought and it continues to go around and around. And so we need things in our life that break us from that cycle when those thoughts aren't positive. And so our big idea is the thoughts we think determine the way we live. The thoughts we think determine the way we live. Um, I'm going to unpack three different categories of thoughts that we can have. The thoughts we think about who we are, our identity. Okay, you and I, we have thoughts about our identity. And that can happen as early as when you grow up in the home you grew up in. Uh, I've got four older brothers and I'm from a small town. My uh, family was very involved in sports and basketball specifically. My main name is Jacobson and so that last name uh, came with a lot of uh, I don't know, a lot of things. <laughs> so uh, before people would even know who I was, when they heard that I was a Jacobson and I was tied to all these people who coach basketball, who play basketball, um, there's something, there's identity that goes along with that. Now there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good, I was excited and happy to be part, I am happy to be part of uh, the Jacobson family. That is the family of origin that I grew up in and that was part of my identity. You know, uh, I was an athlete, I played Division II sports, and so um, part of being an athlete, there's an identity that comes along with that. And so for you, I want you to process right now, what are the things that have put kind of a label on your identity? You know, what are the things that you've maybe put your identity in? And here's what I, I just wanna share as we get through this, like your thoughts about your identity. And here's the work that you and I need to do is we need to go from a place of, of what the, the world might say about our identity or even what we believe about our, about our identity based on what we do versus who we are. That our identity, when it comes to following Christ, that our identity is in who Christ says we are. And that we are a who way before we are a do. <laughs> right? And so when you think about your identity, think about where you're at and your thoughts that you have about your own identity today. Where are you at in that? Do you, do you feel centered on your identity with Jesus, that if whatever you're doing right now, whatever role you have, whether it's work or at home or whatever those titles and roles might be, if that was taken away tomorrow, would you be okay? Because you know your identity is centered in Christ and, and think about your thoughts in that. So that's one category. The next category is the thoughts we think about what we've done. The thoughts we think about what we've done, the sin that we've committed. Um, we've all committed sin, right? And I, and I think um, for all of us, it's being cognizant that when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, that 
the work of the Holy Spirit would help us in our sinful nature to lean more towards God and less towards our sinful nature. But it is very true that you and I, we have sin in our life. And so uh, even right now, you're watching at home, you're here in the room, I want you to think about what's a sin that you've committed in your past. When I think about some of the sin that I've committed in my past, and I think about the thoughts that I've had about that, some of the thoughts that come up is, um, there was a season when Kyle and I were dating, my husband Kyle, my husband now, Kyle, we were dating, and because of some of the sin that I had in my past, some of the thoughts that went through my head truly, authentically were that I was not worthy of his love that I would not be acceptable for Kyle because of the sins that I committed. And can you imagine that having those thoughts be the only thoughts, how that would lead to feelings of insecurity and how that would lead to my behavior and my relationship with Kyle? Do you see how this works? What are some of the thoughts that you've had about the sin that you've committed in your life? The last category, the, the thoughts we think about what we've, what's been done to us. The thoughts that we have about what's been done to us. It is true in this world that for many of us, there are times that we are a victim of someone else's sin. That we have been hurt, that we've been lied to, that we've been stolen from, that we have been abused. And that it was no, like there was nothing you did. It was not your fault. <laughs> but sin was committed to you. And you are a victim of someone else's sin. And what do you think about that? What are the thoughts that go on in your head about the sin that was done to you? When I think about that, one of, it took me a while to really process this. And, and it's important, and that's why every once in a while today in these uh, 30 minutes, I'm gonna give you a little space, but I want you to spend more time outside of here really processing and reflecting. It took me a while to figure out what were the thoughts that went along with this for me, and, and I came to, for me, the thoughts that I thought about who I was and, and the thoughts I thought about that led to my identity, <laughs> about the things that have been done to me, is I thought, I'm weak. How could I let somebody else do that to me? Have you ever thought that? And maybe yours is way different. Maybe you have other thoughts. But the way that this works is you and I, we've got to know what those thoughts are. We've got to know what's, what's that dialogue that's going on in our head that's leading us to how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about other people and, and leads into our behavior and these patterns and cycles continue to go. And so uh, when sin enters our life through choices that we make or because of other people, because of the world that we live in, because of other actions, it impacts us. And it impacts our mind, it impacts our thoughts. And sometimes these thought patterns can get real unhealthy. And that's not what God wants for you. God doesn't want you to stay there. God doesn't want you to continue in that cycle. God wants to break you free from that. And he wants you to know who you are based on how he sees you. He wants you to know that his heart breaks for the circumstances that you've been through, whether it was by your choice, 
and the sin that you've committed or based on somebody else's sin that was committed to you. So let's dive into scripture uh, and our scripture verse for today from Romans 8. If you've got your Bibles, grab your phone. Let's dig in. Romans 8. We're going to look at verse 5 first. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So if our minds are set on things like sinful desires, wealth, pride, that's like, that's like the manager who uh, all they want is to get ahead they don't care what it takes to get that raise. They think they're always right. That's how pride and wealth show up. But if you and I, if, we're, if our minds are set up on things like love and humility and self-control, the things that please God, that please the Holy Spirit, that's that walk of being more dependent on Christ. Because here's what's true. When we live with Christ at the center, and it's so hard, it is so hard to do every day, I know it's hard for me. Maybe it's just hard for me. But when we live in the Spirit, when we live with Christ, guess what? Even when we don't think we should love, all of a sudden love comes out. Even when we're feeling like, but, but God, uh, I should be able to stand up for myself in this. And we're feeling justice come out. All of a sudden humility comes out. And you're like, how did that happen? <laughs> and you know it wasn't you. You know that it, was that it was God working in your life. And here's what I know, here's another example of what that looks like. Uh, maybe it's a student athlete. Welcome back, college students. I know it's move-in weekend, welcome back. Uh, student athlete who's exhausted after practice. They are hungry, they are tired, they can't wait to go take an ice bath. And on their way out, which happens in our community because uh, NDSU Bison, MSUM, Dragons, Concordia, Cobbers, right? Yeah. yeah, I got it. I had it. Just checking, making sure you're all here. Like we have this in our community because we've got great colleges that young kids want to be like them, right? We've got young kids who look up to these student athletes. And this student athlete's so tired and, and they're ready to just go home, take that ice bath, go to bed, get some food. And a little kid stops them and asks for their autograph. And what do they do? What do they do? They stop and they kneel down and they ask the child their name and their story and they sign the autograph, but they spend extra time with them getting to know that child and telling them, I believe in you and I see that you can do this too if this is what God calls you to. That's love and humility. That's thinking about others before thinking about self. And our truth for today, it's on your card. So this is our truth for today. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And isn't that true? Like. When we're living in sin constantly, when sin just has a grasp on our life, it feels dead inside. And it leads to death, even on the outside. I just believe it means our relationships aren't authentic. But man, when we're living with the Holy Spirit, 
with God in the center of our life. And when we're living with others in that, we can find such freedom. And where I think that this can have the biggest impact, and don't get me wrong, at any point in our life, God can get a hold of our life. He can radically change us. And in a moment, he can take our sinful nature and he can make us whole and clean and ready for our future, restore us. But I really think we've got an opportunity here, specifically at Prairie Heights at our church, to invest in kids. Because when we invest in kids at an early age, when they're real young, even babies and toddlers and pre-K kids, and we can help them get to know God and we can help them learn scripture, I think it can make a world of a difference. Last Sunday I had the opportunity to hang out in KidVenture for the whole Sunday and it was the best. Uh, my little girl, our little girl, her name's Isabel, and she's almost two years old. And so she's in the runner room, and so I got to hang out with her in the first service. And here's what I loved about that. I love that, one, I got to meet the parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and the, the guardians that are in people's lives as they dropped off their kids. And I love that. I got to ask them questions and let them know how their kid did in class, and that was so fun. And the other thing that I loved as a parent of our young little girl, is I got to see the friends that she's hanging out with that she's getting to know every week at KidVenture. And I got to see her interact, and I got to see these kids have fun learning about Jesus. But more than that, at her age, I got to hang out in that room with uh, one of our incredible volunteers and leaders. His name is Jacob. And you know what he does so well? He sits down on the floor. He looks the kids in the eye. He plays with them. And you know what that is? That's love. And so our kids, every single week, all of our kids, they have a chance to feel safe, to feel secure, and to know God's love through awesome volunteers. And it's incredible that we get to start that at an early age. The next service I got to be with our pre-K kids, and let me tell you, they got a lot of energy, a lot of energy, and I loved it. And again, we have incredible volunteers in that room, but let me share with you what I love the most, is the moment where it got time to learn God's word. And they have a video, and they have a dance, and they have a verse, and they repeat after the leader the verse of the day, and they begin to memorize that verse. And then they do a little project and they color it with stickers with that verse. And when I think about some of the things that are happening in our world, some of the, the crisis that is hitting our teenagers, and I'm gonna talk about that in just a second, I think about those moments with those pre-K kids where we can help them know God's word from an early age and we can help their mind and their thought process know that there is a God who loves them, who wants them to know who their identity and their identity is in Christ. And as they grow up and if they've got that solid, it isn't the only thing that will help them in this world. But I am telling you, when I think about prevention, I think about that. 
when kids can know Jesus, when they can know scripture, when they can know who they are in Christ. That helps us and that's one way for prevention and pretty soon those pre-K kids, they're gonna be older, right? They're gonna be 11, 12, 13. Some of you have teenagers in your home and so you know this all too well and I hear this all the time from friends with older kids, bigger kids, bigger issues, right? I don't know what that's like to live yet but I know that here's the truth and this source comes from Mental Health America. Young people are struggling most with their mental health Right, and, and that's no surprise. That is no surprise to any of us. Uh, the proportion of young ages 11 through 17 who assessed screening was 9% higher than the average in 2019. The number of people looking for help with anxiety and depression has skyrocketed. From January to September of 2020, 313,220 people took the anxiety screen. That's a 93% increase over 2019. 534,784 people took the depression screen, and that's a 62% increase over the 2019 number. Those are real. And we know it because I know that we live it. I know that we see it in our everyday life. I know that that we've got teenagers, middle and high school students, college students who your friends are navigating this, you are navigating this. All of us at one point or another over the last year have had to have an increase in anxiety and depression. That's real. Mental health related issues are undoubtedly on the rise in our country, in our local community, and I just believe that our thoughts determine the way we live. And, and don't hear this, you know, I come, I get it, I got a counseling background, and so um, there's a very realness to anxiety disorders and mental health disorders, and, and we can't always think our way out of that. There are other tools and resources that we need, and that's okay. <laughs> that's why God, uh, called people to be doctors and psychologists and counselors. That is okay and that is godly. One proactive way that we can help, like I said, is to provide a safe place for kids, a secure place where they can learn about who Jesus is and the love that Jesus has for them. Can you imagine if those thought patterns, if you and I, which we do, we have an opportunity right now because we've got hundreds of kids coming every single week, and we have an opportunity one hour a week on Sundays, one hour, two hours a week on Wednesdays with our middle and high school students to help them with their thoughts. And could we help them learn more about God's word? Could we help them with their identity? Could we help them with forgiveness when sin happens and when sin happens to them and they choose it, could we help them with forgiveness? so it doesn't grasp the rest of their life. Craig Groeschel in his book, Winning the War in Your Mind, he says your mind is a battlefield and the battle for your life is always won or lost in your mind. And if this topic so far, if this is really hitting home for you and you would say like, I, I need more, I wanna dig in more, I highly recommend that book. It's a mix of uh, brain research, scientific brain research and God's word and biblical truth 
and how when we can really train our minds to know scripture, that we can actually change the neural pathways in our minds that would help us. Uh, and I don't know if you're anything like me, again, maybe it's just me, but do you ever feel like a tug of war in your mind? Like one, one moment you've got a positive thought and the next moment you've got a negative thought? And it's like, then you've got a positive thought, then you've got a negative thought and it's this tug of war in your mind and, and sometimes you're trying to process, is this true? Is what I'm telling myself true? Here's what I want you to know. The enemy, who is Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. There is nothing that would make Satan happier than to get in your mind, than to tell you lies, than to steal your joy, than to tell you that the sin that you committed, you can never, ever find forgiveness. That's what Satan would want to tell you. That the sin that was committed to you, the victim of someone else's sin that was done to you, that there is nothing that you could do to be whole. That is what Satan wants to tell you. And that is not who God is. God is a redeemer. God can take your story and he can change it. God can transform you from the inside out. God and living in the Holy Spirit can do things that we can't do on our own. So I don't know where you're at today, but I want you to know, like, whatever those thoughts are, when they lean negative, again, and they keep going down that path, Satan wants to keep you there. And so it is gonna be a battle. And it is gonna be a battle in your mind. So how do we win the battle? How do we win the battle in our minds? Number one, identify your thoughts. Do a quick little thought audit. One way you can do that is tonight before you go to bed or at any point today, go to a coffee shop and just get out a journal. And I know sometimes, guys, and I'm not trying to be stereotypical here, but sometimes you may be like, I don't do a journal. I've never done that before. This is too important because guys and gals, teens and adults, the thoughts that you're thinking about yourself are affecting the people around you. And so do a thought audit. And, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to edit it. Just write down all the things you're thinking. You don't have to put sentences together. You don't have to put punctuation marks. You just write everything down that's coming out. The other thing that I think is really important about identifying your thoughts is that it's this process of reflection. And I just believe leaders reflect. If you're a leader of a team or an organization, you're a leader in your home, you're a leader on a sports team, one of the most powerful things you can do as a leader is become really self-aware and learn how to lead yourself first. And we work hard at that behind the scenes with our staff and uh, I don't always get that right. In fact, the other, just last week, I was in a discussion with one of uh, my coworkers, and we got into a, a heated discussion, and we disagreed a little bit, and something was said, and when he said that comment, something happened in me. It triggered something in me. 
And it, was, it wasn't what he said, it, but it triggered something in me. So much so that I, almost, I started to get emotional. And I just said, hey, I need a minute. Like, I, I need a minute. And I went and I processed and I circled back that day and I said, we're good, but I didn't unpack it. And a couple days later, I went back and I said, hey, after reflecting, here's what happened. When you said that, it triggered something in me and here's how I felt. And I just want you to know that's my story and I own that, but I just want you to know what happened there. And I think all of us, we walk around and we, and we say things or we do things and, and we don't take the time to just slow down and say, why did I do that? Or why did I say that? Where did that come from? And how can we lean into to more of, of who God's making us to be versus our own independence and our own sinful nature? Number two, let's replace our thoughts with God thoughts. You can replace your thoughts with God thoughts. There's a chart that's coming up. Um, it says, you say, God says, and then get into God's word. And so I'm gonna hit a couple of those. You say, I can't forgive myself. You know what God says? He says, I forgive you. And you can find that in Romans 8.1. The next one, it's not worth it. You might say, it's not worth it. And God says, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. God says, it's not easy to follow me. I'm adding that. That's not on the chart. <laughs> it's all over scripture, though. God says, it's not an easy walk. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not meant to be lukewarm. And so you might not think it's worth it, but if the Holy Spirit is telling you a thought that's a God thought is telling you to act in such a way that your human nature wouldn't want to act, it'll be worth it. And the truth is, sometimes we won't see immediate results. Sometimes what God calls us to and what he asks us to do, we may not see the results of that until we get to heaven. And we're not so good about that, right? Because we want immediate results. We want to know right now. But we can find out in Romans 8, 28 that it'll be worth it. So your dare, your dare this week is to read Romans chapter 8 each day this week. And I get it. There's some of you that you, uh, reading the Bible is brand new to you. Some of you, you already read every day. And so here's what I want you to do. There's another challenge to that. I want us all to read Romans chapter 8 every day this week. I don't care what time you do it, but I want you to read it every day this week. And number two, I want you to pick one or two verses that are giving you peace, that stand out to you. And what's going to happen is every day that you begin to read God's word and you read Romans 8, there's all of a sudden going to be a couple words or a couple verses that stand out to you. And God's going to want you to lean into that. That's the Holy Spirit at work, active in your life. So pay attention to that and highlight those verses and then I want you to memorize it. I want you to begin committing it to memory so when your thoughts start to come in, you can replace them with God's thoughts. Number three, be intentional about your input. Doug already talked about it. What comes in goes out. And so another quick reflection, what are you watching? What are you spending your time on? When you're talking with friends, what are you talking about? 
What are you listening to? What are you putting into your mind? What are you reading? Because whatever that is, it's affecting your thoughts. It's affecting your thoughts. And so be intentional about your input. And number four, when we're real intentional about our input, and you know what, on the hard days, when it's really hard to think about God thoughts over our thoughts, when you and I are getting in our own way, you know what we need? We need community. And so number four, choose community with others. Let's be a church that even when it's inconvenient, even when we're busy, that we would choose community. And that might be one-on-one, that might be in groups, it could be in a variety of ways, but let's influence each other for the better. Let's challenge each other to grow, to serve, to love, to give. Let's challenge each other's thoughts. Let's give safe space for, for me to go to a friend and say, here's what I've been thinking and I don't like it. So I just need to say it out loud. I need to confess it out loud. Another survey by Mental Health America, when they asked the people who took the assessments for anxiety and depression, when they said, what are the things that are attributing to that? Here's what the results were. And there was a lot of other things on the list that don't show up on the graph. What I want you to notice is 70% said loneliness and isolation. Loneliness or isolation, which is no surprise coming out of a season that we've been in. Gosh, if we could choose community for our kids, healthy community for our kids, for our teens, for us as adults, could we help each other turn our thoughts into God's thoughts? Could we help each other not be so overwhelmed? You know, I threw a lot of numbers and stats at us today. In this past year, our teens have struggled. I've heard from many parents who have kids at home who have either lost a friend or a friend has attempted suicide. It's personal here at Prairie Heights. We have a Prairie Heider who he would have celebrated his 63rd birthday a couple weeks ago. And we lost him too soon. He was just getting ready to come back to volunteer. And then all of a sudden, we're planning his funeral. So this is personal. And it's okay for us to say that we need each other. And it's okay for us to do hard things and to be inconvenienced and to sacrifice so that kids and teens and us as adults, that we can know more about God and we can know more about Scripture. It's okay for us to ask for help. It's okay to go to counseling. We can remind each other of what, who God says we are. And we can help each other get out of that pattern of thought in the most healthy ways. And all of a sudden, our thoughts about who God says we are become our feelings and we feel empowered and we feel confident, humbly confident because we know who God has called us to be. And we're able to live that out freely and our behavior shows that. See that whole chart, it goes both ways with our negative thoughts and with our positive thoughts and with our godly thoughts. 
So how do we start with godly thoughts and how do we help as many people have godly thoughts in our lives? And so I wanna give you two specific opportunities. If uh, you're newer to Prairie Heights, I wanna tell you about launch. Launch is our launch, uh, launch is our launch class. That's why we call it launch. Uh, it's a four-week class, and it starts next week, and we dig into Holy Spirit. We dig into the Bible and prayer, and what does it mean to follow Christ? It's an hour and a half each week, not a huge commitment. I want to invite you to that, and the second thing is today, uh, you can choose to volunteer with our kids. We've got a backstage volunteer time happening up in the loft, and if something tapped you when I was talking about kids, I wanna encourage you to lean into that and just head up to the loft. You can just find out more. You don't have to sign up today. You can find out more about what that looks like. You could be somebody that could help with our kids' thoughts, help them learn about God's word from an early age. And that is one way that we can help prevent as we come alongside in crisis moments and help on that side too. So I'm going to say a prayer, and then the band is going to come, and we're going to close with a song called Raise a Hallelujah. And, and my prayer is that that gives you a lot of comfort today as you leave, as we sing and, and sing in that praise. So uh, let me pray for us. God, I pray that you meet every one of us exactly where we're at. I know a message like this can hit us in a couple different ways. And so, uh, Jesus, would you do what only you can do? Would you be the ultimate comforter? Jesus, would you help people navigate the truth of what you want them to know even right now? What is the truth of their thoughts? Would you help them to know um, what is you and what isn't? And God, would you just help us to be brave, to be obedient, and to step into being led by you and being led by the Holy Spirit in our lives? We thank you for today, God, and we thank you for who you are, and who you call us to be. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.